Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media. It's been a fantastic series between the Proteas and Pakistan. South Africa dominating the test matches, but Pakistan have fought back brilliantly in the ODIs. Two apiece with one to play. Pakistan winning the fourth match over at the Wanderers. The first time South Africa ever losing their famed pink ODI at the Wanderers. Pakistan were completely dominant. One man who would have been ecstatic with that result is their coach, Mickey Arthur, who's back in South Africa after a while and he's on the line. Mickey, great to have you on. Great to be back. I'm loving it. Thanks, Derek. It's, it's been fantastic to catch up with um, so many uh, so many family members, um, so many friends, and, and just to walk on the ground and just see the same sort of faces. It just it just feels so familiar. And, you know, you kind of realize how much you've missed it since you've been away. Yeah. Uh, when last were you in South Africa? Um, I, I've, I've been back. We, we, we left South Africa in 2010 for Australia. Um, so I've, I've been back twice in the last sort of uh, eight years, um, but but obviously not for cricket. And um, you know, so so to see all the cricket the cricket faces, the familiar cricket faces that um, are people that I knew over such a good and long long period of time has been has been very very nice. Of course, uh, this interview will date in a couple of hours uh, once the the fifth and final ODI is played, but. You must be very happy with proceedings as far as your charges are concerned uh, with the, the, the one-day side. And uh, I suppose people can't be too surprised at all because you are the reigning uh, Champions Trophy winners, which by all intents and purposes is just a, a World Cup by another name. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And, and it's, been, it's been a bit of a, a roller coaster for us with our white ball side. And, and, and we sit today, I think, in a, in a very good position, um, you know, with a, with a clear plan and almost clarity leading into that World Cup. Um, when I joined in, about two and a half years ago, we were nine in the world, would you believe it, in ODI cricket, which for Pakistan was just simply not acceptable. So our focus over the last two, two and a half years has been our white ball our white ball cricket and and we've made some significant strides and 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 you know the guys are, are playing some good cricket we've we've looked at a brand that we wanted to play we've we've fitted players that have the skill set for the for the roles into into those um into those particular roles so yeah i'm comfortable that we, we we're in a good place with our one day side you know if we go back to the test it, it was disappointing to lose three nil but uh, our test team is a is, is a young team in transition at the moment, where our, our one day team is a is a more settled unit. And uh, going back to those test matches, uh, a bit of controversy. You, you made a, a few headlines uh, with regard to your comments about the pitches. Yeah, yeah, it, it did, and 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 I genuinely stick to them. I, and, and it's not, and it's not a case of sour grapes or anything like that. I'm all for home ground advantage. You know, you, you come and play in the UAE and the ball's going to turn. That's just what happens. You come to South Africa, the ball's going to seem and bounce. That's, I've got no issue at all with that. I was merely stating that since 2010, since I've been in the country, I thought the wickets had degenerated a little bit. And, and, and that's because of inconsistent bounce. Now, 
that is that's not a that's not a batsman's friend. So it's the inconsistent bounce that that worried me on day one. You get inconsistent bounce at the end of day three or early on day four in a Test match wicket. That's natural. That's natural um, degeneration. So that's acceptable, but certainly not on day one. It, 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 it be, batting then becomes a little bit of a lottery. There's always been a stigma surrounding the Pakistan cricket side, always compared to, say, the French rugby team, and that very much hot and cold. Uh, have you found that? I, I think that since you've taken over, I mean, consistency-wise, Pakistan have been on a whole new level, um, especially given their successes. Uh, of course, we spoke about the, the Champions Trophy victory, but under your guidance, they also reached number one in T20s and the, the Test Match Arena. Yes, uh, it, it, that's something that, that that we pride ourselves. I mean, inconsistency is is not a word that sits well with coaches, because you're trying to coach your team to be the most consistent team they can possibly be, um, and 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 you try and put structures in place to make performances consistent, not erratic. Um, you, you know, our good was great, and our and our bad was incredibly poor, and the gap between good and great was just too big. So, so we we've closed that, and, and and you close that by by giving clear role clarification, by being consistent with your selections, and giving definite definite training routines. So our guys will rock up now at training and know exactly what we need to do. So they're training every day properly, and that has that has caused us to 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 be a little bit more consistent in our performances, and 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 that's pleasing to see. You never ever want to take that that that. Um, brilliance and that little bit of unpredictability away from Pakistan because that's what makes Pakistan so dangerous. It, it, it's 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 a sort of volatile sort of sort of sort of side, if you like. So you never want to take that away, but we've tried to get it more and more consistent, which which we've succeeded in over, over a period of time now. And the most exciting thing from your perspective in terms of the player personnel, I, I was in Abu Dhabi uh, towards the end of last year where I first locked eyes on Afridi, the bowler. Um, I was absolutely blown away, and I realized this guy would go on to, to do big things, and that certainly has been the case. And then you, you've got the likes of Baba Azam, who, if I'm not mistaken, a, a couple of months ago, I remember watching an interview with you where you said this guy has the potential to be the best in the world. Yeah, and, and, and I stick by that. He is he is a phenomenal talent. You know, I, I've watched. He was one of the players that that we selected straight away when I got to Pakistan. I watched him in the net session. He was only 21 then, and I watched him in the net session batting, and I just said, "This guy has got to be in all our teams because I think he's he's that good. He's his his cricket is 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 developing all the time, and and he is so exciting to watch." And then, you know, you get the likes of young 18-year-old Shane Shah Freedy, who, who, who is going to be superb. Now, we've got to manage his workloads along the way. Um, we've got to get him stronger. We've got to get him, we've got to get him fitter. Um, but he is making great strides. And then the other, the other one that, that I think is, is unbelievable is young Shadab Khan, the, 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 the leg spinner, um, who, who bats. You know, he, he's a genuine all-rounder. He's a gun fielder. He's in our cover point area. Um, he's a genuine wicket taker when he bowls, and he's proven that he that, that he can get runs when 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 need be. So, you know, around the around those guys, we've got some we've got some unbelievable talent, and it's just so exciting and refreshing to be to be working with them all. And this tour certainly has offered some sort of redemption to the likes of Ul Hacker, especially given the controversy surrounding his ankle. I mean, he's uh, the last few games, especially the guy has been power. 
Yeah, he has. Imam is a, is a player that, that that will get better and better. He's, he's uh, and by his own admission, he's nowhere near as talented as a guys like Baba Azam. Or, but he works incredibly hard at his game, and I've seen I've seen him get better and better. You know, our young batsmen. We spoke about the Test series, etc. But our young batsmen, Imam Al Haq, Baba Azam, um, uh, you know, there's Shadab Khan. There's, there's a lot of these young players now that have developed their game significantly in these conditions. And when we get into these conditions again, we'll come back very well-rounded players. Because it's, you've got to understand, batting in South Africa to batting in Abu Dhabi is like being on the North Pole and the South Pole. You know, it's just so different. Um, it's, everything's totally opposite. But the development that our players have shown has, has been very, very pleasing for me. I mentioned redemption with regards to Imam Hulhaka, and from a personal point of view, uh, redemption from your side, given how uh, you ended things with Australia on such bad terms, you returned to the international arena in 2016 with Pakistan, and along the way, of course, defeating Australia. Um, did did you feel vanquished somewhat? <laughs> yeah, look, you, you always do, and and, and, I, and I, look, I, I'm, Australia's been really good to me and my family. You know, we, we're all Australian now, so yeah, we've got our Australian passport. So it, it's it's been good in so many ways. To us, obviously, the job was good for a period of time, and then and then went went south and and turned a bit sour. But um, you know, international cricket was always was always in my blood. That that's that's where you wanted to be tested. That's where I wanted to be tested as a coach. And when the Pakistan job came up, I I, I, I jumped at it for the simple reason that every day for me is an adrenaline rush. And this this, this Pakistan job, I mean, I, my time with South Africa was an amazing time, and I'll, I'll never, ever forget that. There were so many good highlights and memories. But I feel I'm making a significant difference in Pakistan, and not only with these players' development, creating con- consistent structures around the team, good talent identification processes, um, helping set up a, a national cricket centre. So I feel my contribution is is massive in Pakistan. And it's, it's one that, that I find enthralling, exhilarating, and one I'm loving so much. Still on the topic of Australia, what did you make of uh, Sandpaper Gate uh, back in South Africa? Of course, it, there, there were two players that were heavily involved under your, your guardship when you were, were heading, up, heading them up. And I mean, you were instrumental in getting David Warner into the, the test side uh, while you were coached there. Yeah, I was, and I, I, I still I still communicate with Dave. I still I still speak to Dave quite a lot. Um, you know, uh, he, Dave is often misunderstood in so many ways. He's a he's a he's a he's he's actually a very very genuine, uh, generous character. I've seen him do things that that would would, would you, you know that would boggle your mind. But he's also he's also um, had this had this sort of funny streak in him that. That he needs to that he needs to get sorted out. So, you know, Davy, Davy, I still remain close with him, and, and I hope he comes back, and I hope he plays well, and he cuts all the other stuff out because world cricket's a better place with David Warner playing in it. Oh, without a doubt, there was a, a great book that I just finished reading um, by Jeff Lemon, an Australian journalist. It was called Steve Smith's Men, which documented the entire episode of Australia's tour in South Africa and how it just went from great to. Not so great, uh, to put it mildly. Um, and it's hard to, to, to read that and not believe that it might have been going on a long time prior with regard to sandpaper, etc. Um, did you ever feel that uh, while you were heading up the Aussies? I mean, was there anything that you thought was, was under your guardship, maybe a, 
a little uh, going on under the radar, which you weren't aware of? No, absolutely not, Derek. No, no. I, 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 as I say, that, 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 those were young guys. I, I, I really enjoyed my time there with Australia for a period. And, you know, the side was very well led by Michael Clark. There were some fantastic players. So absolutely not did I ever think there was any, anything like that going on. Let's go to some good memories. Uh, you know, people often ask me, if you can go to a specific year in sport, what would you do to, to relive it? And I always say, irrespective of Rugby World Cup wins that we've had, 2008 when the Proteas went over to England and Australia and won both series for the first time in their history. Um, oh, man, looking back at that, uh, you must just smile. Oh, it's fantastic. It was actually, I had dinner with Graham Smith the other night and we sat there, probably probably sat there for too long reminiscing about all those days. It was it was um, it was fantastic, and that year you're right there because it's been such a special year for for so many of us. And to be the first South African team to have gone to England and win and Australia and win was 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 simply fantastic and something that you'll never ever forget. But you'll you'll never forget it because all the planning. And the hard work that went into winning there was um, was rewarded, and that was just such a great experience. Ah, oh, to have been a fly on the wall while you were having dinner with Graham Smith. I, I can imagine the stories that must have come out. But, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Graham Smith. I always swear that, uh, never mind South Africa, but I, I always regard him as, as the best captain uh, Test cricket has ever seen. Leading from the front, we all know his stats when it comes to fourth-inning centuries. But, I mean, that century at Edgebaston, Andrew Flintoff bowling, like absolute fire, there was an issue with the side screen, and uh, Smith remained a rock. He was absolutely phenomenal, we, and we spoke about that at length at, at dinner. And I'll never forget him coming in at tea. You know, we, we've got to forget that that hundred that he got, I still think, is one of the best Test hundreds I've ever seen under pressure. It was to win a series. Um, we, we we were under a little bit of pressure. We had lost early wickets, and then Monty Panasol was bowling into the rough, which made it unbelievably hard to score. And yet Graham played the innings on his life. And I'll never forget him coming in at tea time, putting a towel over his head, and he just said, Coach, please just get somebody to stay with me. You get somebody to stay with me, we'll win this. And and, and Boucher was sitting in the corner, and he shouted, oh, I'm, I'm not getting out, Coach. And, and those two guys home. It was it was simply a fantastic day and a fantastic innings. And you mentioned best centuries. Uh, I regarded it as one of the best, without a doubt. There's another one that also sticks in my mind is that uh, JP Dumney's. I think it was at the MCG in the second test in Australia yeah. at the end of that year. Yeah, that that was a that was a phenomenal. And, and there were so many stories about that day as well. You know, we we were under pressure. We were behind Australia still in the game when Dale Stain joined JP Dumney at the wicket. And the way those two played, and that 160 that JP Dumney scored was, again under pressure. It was it was almost career defining for JP, but it was certainly series winning for South Africa and Australia. So that was a phenomenal innings by JP Dumney. You've coached some phenomenal players in your time. Um, who would you rank right up there? I mean, we mentioned the likes of Graham Smith. Of course, I'm throwing Pakistan players in there, Australian players, even even players that uh, you didn't coach on the international level. Yeah, it's it, it is, it's absolutely frightening, Derek. I, I did a question and answers the other day, and somebody asked me what's what's my best team that I've coached, and 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 thinking about it, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. I had the likes of Warner, I had Sue Graham Smith, and then you're sitting with A.B. De Villiers, Michael Clark, Ricky Ponting, Jacques Callis, and Park Boucher. 
Um, you, I, I didn't, you know, there was Eunice Khan uh, in there. Um, you know, then we got to got to the likes of that. I mean, the bowling attacks were phenomenal. Yasser Shah as a spinner was was a, is the best I, I've worked with at the moment. And then you're looking at at Dale Staines, Mackay and Tini's, um, Mitchell Starks. It's it it was it, it, it phenomenal, you know. To, to, and it, and it, only then did it, did it sort of dawn back on me how privileged I've been to have worked with such unbelievable cricketers. It was it was almost it was, it was almost uh, you know sort of a little bit humiliating for me. I'm glad you mentioned A.B. de Villiers. Uh, as you know, South Africans all over distraught by the fact that he retired uh, last year and uh, uh, a massive surprise. And with the World Cup just around the corner, rumours continually floating that uh, he may make a return. Do you, do you think that's at all possible? Have you had any dealings with him whatsoever? Uh, no, I haven't spoken to A.B. for a bit. And I'm actually quite looking forward to going to the PSL now um, to see A.B. A.B.'s playing in the, in the Pakistan Super League next month. Um, so uh, I'm, uh, it'll be great seeing him and 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 just see where he stands on that because um, yeah, South Africa would be uh, such a good cricket team with Obi de Villiers in it. Well, uh, on the subject of uh, premature exits uh, from the international game, I'll never forget getting the call uh, in uh, when was it 2009, um, and I had to fly down to East London where you made the announcement that you were resigning as the Proteus coach, and. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen coaches before announce resignations, etc. But I mean, yours was of the most emotional I've ever seen. There were tears. Uh, you were highly upset. Um, could you have continued a little longer? Do you harbour aspirations to have maybe stuck with the Proteus for, for a while more? No, Derek. You, you know what happened? I'd had five years. The five years had been unbelievable. Um, Graham and I had formed an incredible bond um, we built a team. We built a team that had won, and, and we spoke about 2008 being such a special year for us. I felt, I genuinely felt the team stagnated the following year, and and I genuinely felt that the team needed another voice, without a doubt. You know, to to, to unleash the the, the I'd taken that that team as far as I could take it. It needed somebody to come in and 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 to challenge them again and to take them a little bit further. Um, you know, you had the likes of the A.B. de Villiers, the Graham Smith, the Callisons were still playing. Um, there were so many young players, uh, uh, Mornay Morco, Dale Stain. They they needed to be driven and challenged once more with a, with a new voice. And, 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 and certainly the timing on that was 100% right. And no possibility of this Pakistan side stagnating anytime soon. Uh, you're in for the long haul? I'm in for the long haul. I, I look, you know, every day is a new day in coaching, as as, as we all know. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride, and there's a little thing called a World Cup in a couple of months' time that uh, that often sees the end of a lot of coaches. But um, I, I've 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 committed into to the long haul of Pakistan just because I'm just so passionate about about the team. I'm so passionate about about seeing this country do do well because they do well. And they they always back above their weight um, based on on the structures that they have around them. So I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying it and really want to see these young players reach their full potential. And finally, on the subject of the World Cup, you said it's around the corner. Returning to England, venue where you guided Pakistan to their first ever Champions Trophy victory. Of course, they've won a World Cup before, back in 1992. Um, when you approached the Champions Trophy, uh, definite underdogs uh, weren't as highly regarded as you are now? I mean, you're going to the tournament with a massive target on your back. 
Yeah, we do. And uh, look, we're certainly by no means favourites. Um, I think South Africa and us sort of sit in the middle of the pack at the moment. Um, but we go in there as a team that nobody will take lightly for sure. We're well structured, we're well organised, and we've got some individual brilliance. And, and if you have that, any team is going to tread lightly around you. So we're quietly confident that we can we can shake it up there. Mickey, uh, good luck today for the fifth and final ODI against the Proteas. And, and good luck uh, for the World Cup in a, in a couple of months' time. It's been fantastic catching up with you again. And enjoy the rest of your stay in South Africa before you head back uh, down under. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you, Derek. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again. And it's been an absolute pleasure being in South Africa again. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you. Cheers, Mickey. Keep well. See you, Derek. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Inside the Game. Brought to you by Radar Media.